0: Other side of midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morning, everyone. This is the other side of midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. Well, there was a group of animal rights activists protesting against a group I'm going to blow your mind that they were protesting in front of. A group that they feel has hindered the cause of animal rights. The group is the Humane Society of New York. Oh, yes. On Thursday, in a protest that I don't think got nearly enough attention, animal rights activists rallied against the Humane Society of New York in dramatic fashion for failing to allow animal adoptions following the COVID pandemic. Led by Donnie Moss, who's a writer for an animal rights newsletter, protesters set up a large cage outside the animal shelter located on 59th Street in order to demonstrate what they say animals are experiencing, being locked behind bars. What these activists say is that the Humane Society adoptions have almost completely halted for two and a half years, leaving many dogs and cats confined without the prospect of adoption. This is what uh, Mr. Moss said, quote, ever since the Humane Society of New York closed its doors to the public two and a half years ago, dozens of dogs and cats have been languishing in cages, unable to be seen by adopters who could have rescued them. Holding animals in cages indefinitely instead of placing them in loving homes is inhumane. That's why we're calling on the executive director, Sandra DeFeo, and the veterinarians who work in the organization's clinic to send the animals to adoption centers that are open to adopters or to foster homes. I have to say, uh, this is not something, shame on me, that I was up on prior to seeing the uh, article about this in AM New York on Friday. But if this is true, this is outrageous and it ought to change. Now, the Humane Society did respond to this on their website by writing that the shelter has facilitated 160 adoptions since March of 2020. They also say that none of the animals... have been returned to them during that time, but I have to tell you, I think that 160 adoptions over the course of two and a half years—that number is completely unacceptable. And I think the shelter is guilty of what these activists are accusing it of, which is warehousing these animals. And when you think of all the dogs and cats that could use homes right now, why are they not back up and running at full capacity? Is it a volunteer issue? It is. A, is it a COVID? prohibition issue, whatever it is, tell us. And if it's a question of resources, I'm sure there's a lot of folks that would be happy to donate money so that they could get the resources that they need. Let's get back to normal. If this is a question of legislation, if this is a question of a Department of Health regulation, if this is something else, let's get to the bottom of this and get back to normal. Because this is crazy. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Moreno. I want to take issue with lazy PR and or email marketing people. I received multiple emails today alone, and this has happened repeatedly now, so I think it behooves me to mention this. I received multiple emails today addressing me as, hi, First name, meaning it didn't say my first name. It says it has brackets and an asterisk and then says first name. Now, one is a pitch for somebody that wrote a book and they want to come on this show and talk about the book. And I'm actually interested in the book, but I could tell what they did here. They blindly sent this out to every host and every producer that's in their database. So literally, as you read this email, it says, hi, asterisk. Bracket, first name, all capital letters, close bracket, asterisk. And then this same publicist who is with one of the big publishing houses. I'm not going to say which one because I don't want to embarrass them and they do publish a lot of good titles. But they then sent me out an identical email 20 minutes later saying, hi, Frank. Now, obviously, their system must have seen that it got sent out, hi, first name, Why not send an individual email that says, Hi, I recognize that uh, our bulk response system or our bulk email system sent out a thing that said, Hi, first name. I'm sorry about that. So then a a couple hours later, literally two hours later, I get something from a nonprofit group. Uh, It's a historical association that I'm affiliated with. And it says, Dear arrow, arrow, test first name, arrow, arrow, comma, presumably... My name should be where it says test first name. And I just wonder, doesn't anybody look at these things before hitting send to all the people in the contacts? What's the point? of even trying to personalize these emails if it's just going to be sent out in bulk like this. I send out bulk emails from time to time. By the way, if you want to be on my email list, you can email me, frank.morano at wabcradio.com. That's frank.m-o-r-a-n-o at wabcradio.com. But I don't even pretend that I'm personalizing it to people's first name. I will say something like, hi there, or good morning, or good evening, or something along those lines. Why can't these folks do the same thing if it's Going out in the afternoon, just have it say good afternoon. Because to me, this looks sloppy and lazy. Beam me up. To be continued. The other side at midnight. Local spotlight. I'll tell you what I am just about done with. And this bothers me almost as much as what I experienced and spoke about an hour ago. With the generic emails just for first names. I am so done with people asking me to connect them with other hosts. I am shocked at how often, just because I work at this radio station, people will ask me to connect them with other hosts or other entities. My least favorite thing in the world is when I'll have a guest on, I uh, will use some of my valuable show real estate to invite a guest on to talk about whatever subject, and then they'll say to me, hey... Do you know of any other shows that I can go on? Oh, yeah, because my show is just so lame and not worthy of you. Let me use whatever limited amount of time that I have to pitch you to all of my colleagues. No, I'm not going to go and do your legwork and do the work of a publicist. And it gets worse than that. A friend of mine, actually, I had dinner with her the other day. She asks me, oh, you know, I'd really like to get on Fox and Friends. Is there any way that you can reach out to Brian Kilmeade? about having me on Fox & Friends? Answer, no. I don't even do that for myself. I wouldn't even ask Brian to have me on Fox & Friends. You want me to ask you to have him on Fox & Friends. No, I'm not doing this. People ask me this for Bernie and Sid all the time. People ask me this for John Katz and Matitis all the time. Sometimes people even go so far as to say, oh, can you get Brian to talk about this on Fox & Friends or cover this story? No. No, I can't. If you want to reach out to... Brian Kilmeade or Bernie and Sid or uh, John Katz and Matidis, or any of the other shows that we have on the station. Obviously, I realize Bernie's not on the show anymore, but I think we still call it the Bernie and Sid show. Then you should go through the same process that everyone else does. Don't reach out to me and assume that because I know these people, I'm going to become your publicist. No, I'm not. Somebody even text messaged me yesterday. Somebody that I met once said... Oh, I was trying to get tickets to the Fox News Patriot Awards, and they're sold out of tickets. I'd really like to meet Brian Kilmeade. Can you talk to him? And I was blown away. First, I I have no idea what the Fox News Patriot Awards is. Second, I would not ask Brian to give somebody that I met once any kind of a special treatment. And three, it's not an event that we're putting on. It's an event Fox News was putting on. I just don't know where people get the gumption. I would never do this to people. I would never treat people this way. I would never ask them to use their own network of contacts to benefit me in some way. And I never have. Maybe that's why uh, I'm not farther along in my career. It's really annoying. And if you're somebody that I know that listens to this program, please don't ask me to do this. It's very irritating. Beam me up. To be continued. The other side of midnight. Local spotlight. By now, you have probably heard that prosecutors who had seized Mayor Rudy Giuliani's electronic devices, including personal communication devices are not going to be charging him with a crime. That's right. The prosecutors in the Southern District of New York, the very same prosecutor's office that he was once the head of, said they would not bring charges against Giuliani in a long-running investigation into whether he violated lobbying laws. In a brief letter to the judge overseeing a review of materials seized during a search of Giuliani's home and office last year, the prosecutors wrote that, quote, Based on information currently available to the government, criminal charges are not forthcoming. This is a major victory to Rudy Giuliani who has seen his reputation dragged through the mud over the last couple of years, who has lost his license to practice law in the state of New York, even though he was once the top prosecutor in Manhattan and the Southern District of New York and one of the top prosecutors in the entire country. I have been sick at what's gone on with Mayor Giuliani. Now, I'm not going to get into the case of his law license because that has more to do with uh, filings that he made related to the 2020 election, and that is a separate issue. But I'm glad the prosecutors actually did write to the judge and put this in writing and disclose that they're not going to charge him. I'm glad for Rudy and for his family and for his life that he can kind of move on and not have to worry about this specter of prosecution looming over his head, this legal dark cloud. However, it is now just a few days after the election. Do you mean to tell me they didn't know they weren't going to charge him with a crime A week ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago even. I am very suspicious of the timing of this announcement from the U.S. Attorney's Office. In my view, it looks pretty clear to me like they didn't want to release this information about Rudy not being charged because they were concerned that it might help Giuliani's candidates and Republican candidates in the election. Now, I would love to think that the prosecutors of the Department of Justice don't have... That sort of a a politicized agenda, but everything I've seen over the last few years and maybe longer, even maybe when Rudy was there, has shown me that that's not the case. So I would love some explanation uh, from the U.S. attorney's office in terms of why they conducted this investigation the way they did, going into Rudy's house, taking his electronic devices, not wanting the Hunter Biden uh, hard drive, and then... Ultimately, not charging him and announcing that they weren't charging him right after the election. I'd love a little more explanation, although I'm happy this chapter is over for Rudy. Beam me up to be continued.